Blog Talk Radio. website, 
take in a lot of great info. And remember, be sure to sign up for the newsletter because there is so much exciting stuff coming out right now. We're just about to bust every week. And, and Jan gets a nice newsletter out, and we are really excited to bring you these great things that are all designed to help you have that love, joy, and peace and abundance. And because we are a give-what-you-can business, what we do is uh, we make recommended donations to, for events and items that we have. If you're struggling severely, contact us directly, and we have some wonderful people who can sponsor people in those cases. And also, because we are that type of business, we also encourage you to go to the A Smiling World website and make a donation. Even something the size of a Starbucks cup of coffee, which last time I checked I think was about $35. No, only kidding. But uh, that Starbucks cup of coffee makes a huge difference when you add them up. So we, we love you and we appreciate your support on that. And I am going to quit blabbering now and hand over to my lovely and beautiful wife, the greatest energy on the planet, and so much love, you probably can feel it radiating now. She's going to add a few words that she has, and then she's going to bring in a very, very special guest that we had the pleasure of meeting when we were down in Denver. And we're still up in Portland, Oregon, but we've got her on the phone, and she and Jan are going to have a lovely chat. So over to you, Jan. Let me mute. Thank you, Bill, and uh, hello, everybody. Here's Jan, and uh, just before I uh, introduce our special guest today, I just want to um, introduce you to our core product of A Smiling World, because we've talked about going look at A Smiling World and what we've done with the Festival of Enlightenment, but we haven't really told you what that core product is that helps you create the love, joy, peace, and abundance in your life, and it's called Empower Your Life, Achieve Your Dreams. And it's now in the form of a, a live workshop, we've been, which we've been delivering across several states already. Because we've had such great response to the content of the workshop and how it really brings some great aha moments and insights to people, as well as teaching them about the laws of the universe and how to manifest the life of their dreams. Um, they've actually been urging us to make this available online and we're actually launching an online version of the live workshop on the 1st of October and we have a special 50% off subscriber only offer so if you go to the website and sign up for the newsletter um, you'll actually get access to the 50% off offer and um, as well as the online course, we also provide this material as part of a coaching program, which um, as an introduction, we actually offer a free discovery session. So if you're interested in finding out how you can empower your life and achieve your dreams, go and have a look at the A Smiling World website and you'll find all the information there to help you. Okay, so on to our guest of the week. And... <clears throat> I'd like to introduce Sarah Crabtree. We were very blessed to meet Sarah when we were in Denver uh, leading up to the workshop that we presented there. And we were introduced to Sarah through our friend Claudia Davis, who was on the show um, several weeks ago now. Claudia does karmic angel clearing and happens to work out of the same 
um, facility that Sarah works out of in Golden, just outside Denver, Colorado. Sarah is such a sweet and lovely energy, and um, we had some lovely times over coffee with her and decided that we had to get her on the show to share her path and also what she's putting out into the world to, to bring great joy and great change to people. And like many of us, Sarah herself has been through her own challenges. And after traveling the path she thought she was supposed to do and thinking it would bring her happiness, the usual things of college, graduate school, corporate success, life in the suburbs, Sarah found herself fighting and losing against the same battle she had been waging on herself her entire life. She said at the time, I was consumed with fear, anxiety, depression, obsessing on past traumas and addiction. And when a friend saw me crawl out of one of my most recent holes, he told me of a woman who had, he had just seen the day before who did whatever it was she did and transformed him in one session dealing with childhood trauma that had plagued his adult life. And so Sarah's path with thought field therapy began, otherwise um, abbreviated as TFT. She went to an incredibly gifted woman, Julie Cowley, who had just moved to Boulder um, and drove, she drove up the next week and really wanted to experience this in person. And in that first session, she peeled through layers of issues that had remained untouched by years of traditional methods. And instead of stopping there, she insisted on more sessions and just wanted to feel the amazing peace and acceptance on so many issues and emotions. And it was through going to that first session in TFT that she knew it was going to be part of her life's path and calling. So Sarah took the certification, um, went through advanced training, and now practices not only in person, but over the internet and by phone as well. And so we're going to ask Sarah to share with her information about what TFT really is and what it can do for people, and also some of the insights and, and effects that it had on her own life. So Sarah, welcome to the show. So delighted to have you with us, and um, just looking forward to hearing more about the wonderful TFT. So perhaps you'll start with that and just explain to people who might not be familiar with TFT exactly what it is. Hi, Jan. Well, thank you so, so much for having me. And yes, it was such a delight and one of those beautiful synchronicities when I had the chance to meet you and Bill. And <laughs> as I'm sure we can get into, we had some funny other experiences as well that you were a part of for me. So, yes, um, thought field therapy. Uh, what is it? It is. Um, an incredibly powerful but yet simple uh, remedy for um, a lot of things that kind of complicate our lives, um, big and small and from the past and how they affect us now and the layering of how it can affect us in the future. So, um, and thank you for that, that very um, wonderfully thorough introduction. I'm like, well, I think you covered so much. Um, so I myself... Um, uh, you know, I came to TFT not by finding this as, oh, here's an, a, you know, an, a great technique. I want to learn more. I want to just facilitate it. I came to it 
for my own healing and because, um, yeah, I was I was at kind of a rock bottom, if you will, though that sounds kind of cliche, and, um, it, but it's true, you know, it was one of many. And so um, I discovered thought field therapy. And uh, what is it? Um, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a really, it's the most rapid, um, longest lasting, um, non-invasive technique where you're tapping into the body's energy system, uh, the meridian system, and you're using a specific code that was diagnosed just for you, for what you're experiencing at that time, for where you're holding these blocks for whatever the issue, a trauma, an anxiety, um, a fear, a phobia, um, uh, you know, an addiction, um, also physical pain. So um, TFT, field therapy, TFT, is tapping into the body's meridian system using the main um, 14 meridian points that have been used for thousands of years in um, ancient Chinese medicine. And you're tapping on it. You're you're literally taking your fingers and you're tapping because you always tap on yourself. Um, I tap with you because nobody likes to tap alone, um, and it feels a little silly sometimes. But you're tapping into the organs that correspond to these points, and you're um, releasing the energy block that's happening there, and you're you're stimulating that flow, and you're um, completely eliminating. Uh, if not, you know, significantly reducing um, these blocks and disturbances so that you can be free of them and move forward. So, um, yeah, so that's the technique and, and, and what it is. Dr. Roger Callahan developed it back in 1980, um, a magnificent therapist. He had been a therapist for over 30 years at that time and um, a psychotherapist. And so uh, he had discovered that he was so frustrated with the the really just sad um, success rate that we have in traditional talk therapy or, you know, a lot of the, the more mainstream and, and, you know, somewhat useful but, but traditional modalities. And um, right now, still, I think it remains very similar to it as it was back in the 1980s, and that is 2% success rate for those you know, who are coming to, to resolve or work through these, these traumas that are blocking our lives. And so, um, so yeah, he, he developed, um, he knew quite a bit about ancient Chinese medicine. He knew um, about applied kinesiology. A lot of us know that as muscle testing, um, where you're using the, the large muscles in your body to test against the, the meridian system and find out where you're blocked, and, and then therapy. And, um, and he blended all those and um, developed this amazing technique and continued to evolve it um, for the last, you know, 35 years. So, unfortunately... Um, he passed away in uh, in 2013, but his wife continues to carry it on as well, as do all of us. So um, that's that's what it is, and and kind of a little bit about how it works. Um, but but I think um, the best way to to always you know convey something or try to to deliver it to someone is you know to give them kind of a story or what they can expect you know expect for themselves. And um, I the best way I think I can describe it is um, 
so when whenever we're experiencing something, whether it's good or whether it's bad, um, whatever it is, when we just are, we're in a thought field, and it's it's kind of like gravity. You may not be able to see it. You may not be sure exactly how it works or, you know, whatever the case may be, but it's there. And so we are in a thought field and um, whenever we experience something and when it's negative, when it's, when it's, um, when it's those, those traumas and those fears and those, you know, all of those things that just stop us in our tracks and have for years sometimes, or maybe they're, you know, this new acute, uh, you know, anxiety or something like that, but it's stopping us. It's blocking us. And, um, you know, when we're experiencing those, we have a disturbance um, in that field. And that disturbance, it comes out in a myriad of ways. You know, it, there's physical manifestations in pain and in, um, you know, the the mental and, um, you know, mental health things, depression, things like that. And so there's the physical disturbances, there's the, the emotional, there's the spiritual, there's all of them blocking and keeping you from moving forward. And the idea is that by tapping into your body with a specific code, you can unlock that and you can release it and oftentimes permanently within minutes. So you're tapping in, and um, the way it is, it, the way it kind of looks afterwards is like, is like a, a movie afterwards. So you're, you know, you, when you're experiencing something, let's say it's a past trauma. So for me, um, you know, I, I, what took me to, and I can get into it, you just definitely covered it with <clears throat> kind of my, my uh, my story a little bit, but what took me to TFT was uh, was a, a whole combination of things: the depression and anxiety, and um, you know, past traumas and addictions and things like that. But for example, one of the first things that I worked on in um, my first session with Julie was um, my mom uh, transitioned, uh, passed away when I was nine, and. Um, it was complicated. It was it was a definitely not that any death or transition is is ordinary, but it was it was it had unique circumstances and it clearly you know impacted my life um, profoundly. And the anniversary of her death was coming up, and sometimes anyone who's experienced those you know that that awful feeling and that experience, which is obviously valuable for a, a whole range of reasons, but at the same time it hurts. <laughs> And um, the anniversary was coming up, and some years it plagues you, and some years it's it can be another day. And that one was coming up on 23 years, and um, I worked through it in a matter of minutes. <clears throat> Julie had me tapping on this, you know, these certain points that she was testing that were working for me on that block. And up until that time, every time I thought of the anniversary or the date. You know, it's like anything. It's it, it doesn't just stop there. You know, when we're revisiting a past event or or whatever the case, it doesn't stop at the event. Now, it's had so many layers added on, and and now new ways that that impacts you and causes that disturbance in your field. And so, when I would think about it, um, there was a part of me that became that nine year old girl who 
on that day in April was hearing that my mom had passed away. And, um, you know, there was an aspect that no matter how many years, I always became that nine-year-old girl again. And then the the woman who had experienced and the child who experienced all the things that come from that since then. And, and it just brought it all up into the field. And I couldn't think about that. I couldn't experience it without being in that ah, just icky, chaotic, ah, just painful place again. And so with TFT, with thought-filled therapy, in a matter of minutes, and I can't explain it, and in, in, I guess I can, I can sit here and I can tell you how it works and I can tell you how it works every day for myself and for the amazing people who show up for themselves and that I get the chance and the opportunity to facilitate this for. I can tell you that there is a constant, like, baffling almost because we're like, what, what just happened? But sometimes you don't need to know because that's how quickly it can happen. With TFT, you can go from re-experiencing and feeling like it was yesterday or that moment or whatever it is that, that blocks you, you can go from experiencing that to almost viewing it where it's like a movie. It's like somebody else's story. And so it's, um, it, you know, Thought field therapy cannot, of course, take away, nor would we want it to take away what we've experienced. And and um, I wouldn't claim that it could, of course. Can do is it can make it where you can look at it, and it doesn't have to stop you in your tracks. It doesn't have to become yet another layer every time you experience that pain and that shock and that disturbance again, as if it was happening yesterday or today, that doesn't have to continue to be your story. And so <laughs> I know that was a whole lot, Dan, but that's kind of, that's what TFT and thought field therapy is. And I'm I'm kind of playing with um, sometimes, I, you know, I believe thought field therapy is better since we have, you know, it's a lot to say, but um, but when you say TFT, I don't know. I'm realizing lately it kind of just doesn't encompass its power in such a such a community in a world of acronyms and you know quick quips and text. So thought field therapy um, is uh, it's incredible, and I am so so blessed to have discovered it and and its healing not discovered it, <laughs> discovered it for myself. Dr. Roger Callahan, of course, and many others have, have moved forward, but to have been able to find the healing and the peace that it can bring for myself and then to have this opportunity to, like, put it out there and, and let people know it can be that simple. It can be. It sounds incredible, and I and I hope I get the chance to get into some stories with you and and how it's making a, a dramatic impact across the globe. Um, and um, but yeah, in in a nutshell, that is thought field therapy. <laughs> well, that's great, Sarah. Thank you. It's a great description, and yeah, we'd love to hear some stories about how it's impacted other people and people that you've treated. Um, it must have been very traumatic to lose your mother at that age. Um, and I can I can imagine the ongoing impact that it had on you. Uh, is this, um, when somebody comes to you for thought field therapy, 
you were saying that you um, give them like a unique code to use to address their specific issues. Is that something that is um, specific to thought field therapy? Because I'm, I know people are possibly familiar with um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, and actually I came across that, um, I think, through one of the people that was in the secret was was suggesting that as a remedy for clearing some of the limiting beliefs and the issues. But actually, <clears throat> one of my spiritual children, <laughs> of which I have many, um, in England, um, Richie, who actually is involved in the smiling world, he actually practices thought field therapy as well. And I was introduced to that when we met back in, I think, 2008. So I'm familiar with thought field therapy, but not really upbeat um, on what the key differences are between thought field therapy and emotional freedom techniques. So could you just enlighten us on that, Sarah? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and of course, I, you know, I, I do always, do my little disclaimer disclaimers I'm known for giving you an explanation in the beginning any technique um EFT also something that I was introduced to prior to um thought field therapy TFT because um in in my regular traditional talk therapy that had been something that had come up and and it EFT is great you know it it came from thought field therapy actually um, so it, it has the same foundation and it has, it has a high, you know, um, efficacy. It's, it's, it's extremely, you know, successful and it's been able to, um, help a lot of people. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that, but it is, um, more of a, a one size fits all approach. Uh, the creator, Gary Craig has, was actually uh, a student of Dr. Callahan's and, Understandably, um, there there can be a lot of steps. Uh, thought field therapy can be very um, complex and comprehensive, and but it can also be extremely simple. Um, you know, literally, right now in Rwanda, there's there's children teaching children in other villages. Like this, this is how basic it can be, or you can take it to whatever you know the the highest level of expansion and bring in toxins and heart rate variability and so uh, I digress but um, <laughs> so anyways um, EFT is um, born of TFT and um, and it's great in its own right but the differences are um, I feel uh, significant one in um, thought field therapy this is something that one of the biggest things the reason since 1996 in studies it has been shown as one of the most effective um, techniques modalities in comparison to EFT EMDR um, I don't know I believe it's NLP I have the studies on my thing but it, it has been compared to a range of different modalities including EFT and proven most effective in the in the high 90th percentile on a consistent basis within moments um, as most effective for things like PTSD so anyone who has had the opportunity to work with um, a, 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 a sufferer of PTSD knows that one of the biggest problems is you don't want to talk about it. Sometimes we don't even know what's going on. Sometimes it's so deep in us and it's, you know, we, we get really, really, really good at 
we're extremely successful at doing what our society, I believe, helps kind of socialize us to do and that what we learn and internalize, and that is move on. Uh, don't let that stop you. Stuff it. You know, you know, be bigger, be stronger. And yeah, there's there's some some merit in that. There's some some there there. But for the most part, gosh, we've got to face it so that it doesn't keep, you know, letting us fall prey to its its limitations and its um it's stopping us. And so, anyways, um, we uh, you know, we. TFT is something where if somebody doesn't know what's there or doesn't want to talk about it, they can, with literally no words or very, very few, um, get themselves into the thought field that needs to be addressed. And I am able to, or a practitioner is able to tap into that field without having to relive that pain, without having, yes, they're having to face it, For it to be effective, when I ask you to, you know, we started off by saying go into this one experience, this focus, you know, and everything that comes from that one focal point, that event or that uh, emotion, whatever it may be, there is that focus in there. And so, yes, we are asking, there is absolutely an element that you have to be ready to show up and for a few moments to be able to face that thing that we've gotten really good at stuffing, but you don't have to talk to me about it because oftentimes that's why people have so much anxiety just on going to get help for their anxiety or for their trauma. And so this is something where unlike EFT, which of course is not, you know, the extent of traditional talk therapy where you're just kind of in a way talking it to death, um, but, you know, with EFT, you are talking about it more and you're, you're going through affirmations where you're saying out loud as tapping these different things that maybe that's the whole reason they're re-traumatizing you is you're having to repeat them. <laughs> Not to say EFT is re-traumatizing you, but that is the whole, that is a huge underlying thing for people is, I don't want to have to relive it, especially out loud to somebody else. So in thought field therapy, you're having to offer very little if you choose. But for others, for many of my clients, they, that is part of it for them. They, that is the cathartic. That is where that, that transition and that, that change takes place is them being able to articulate it. And then I'm working with them to help, you know, kind of put those pieces together, things that they knew but I'm able to reflect back. So, of course, that is there for those who they, they find um, that that's beneficial. But there's so many who that's not. So one of the key elements that's different is the amount that you need to share. Um, and then uh, you said, of course, the specific sequence. Um, that is key as well. In, in, EF, in EFT, emotional freedom technique, you are using um, similar points, um, again, based on the, the meridian system and the primary acupuncture, acupressure spot. But you're always, no matter the issue, the person, the you, there is no differentiation between the way you're going to be tapping, and that is from top down. And, yes, that's 
stimulates energy, that stimulates the blood flow, that's tapping into certain organs where it's held. Um, however, it, it's just one size fits all. So you're, you know, hey, like, you know, you're going to hit it sometimes and you're not going to others. So with thought field therapy, I'm sitting there and um, there, are, there are sequences that have worked and have been tested time and time and time again by thousands of practitioners around the world and have extreme um, efficacy as far as, um, you know, working for, like, for example, anxiety, under the eye, under the arm, collarbone. That is, that is a sequence that has worked for 30-plus years. However, for me in particular, I'm using those as bases, and they're always fantastic fallbacks, but... I would say 90% of the time, um, and I can only speak for my practice, I am always diagnosing a distinct, unique sequence just for you. How am I doing that? Looks a little funny. <laughs> I always, in my in my uh, opening remarks for a new client, you know, I explain the different things and what you're going to expect, and I say, you know, okay, the way I personally muscle test and was trained um, by the Callahans, um, you know, I, I say it's going to look a little funny. I'm touching, I'm touching the organ that, is, is, that corresponds to the point, and I'm, you know, throwing my arm, one of the largest muscles in the body. I'm, I'm throwing that, and, or I shouldn't say throwing. I'm, I'm moving that because it's going with my energy, and it's tapping into where it's blocked. Um, so I am muscle testing for that person after they've told me this is where I'm at or after they've told me hardly anything, but we've gotten them where they need to go. I'm testing for them while we're in that field. Okay, um, I'm touching the, you know, I'm touching the bladder and, or I'm touching the stomach and I know the stomach corresponds to the spot under the eye, um, though it varies in certain techniques of, of acupuncture, but I know that the stomach in these purposes in this context corresponds to under the eye. So I'm going to touch the stomach. I'm going to test. That's where this person, that's where Jan in this moment needs to tap. So the other distinct difference with EFT and TFT is this is your specific code and not just your specific code that's going to always unlock it. This is your specific code for this instance. And you're going to have multiple different specific codes and sequences throughout a session. We can work through a tremendous amount of layers within, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, just depending on the person, of course. So it's, it's extremely rapid. However, um, you know, there are multiple different sequences. There's a lot going on in a short amount of time. And so these are your sequences. These are, as you're shifting, as you've gone from anger over that horrific event and, and pain, and, you know, you started out at the beginning and you were just racked with it and it felt like it was right then, right now, you're experiencing it. We start out with one sequence, we tap you through in a few minutes, you're now half as, as disturbed and distressed as you were a few moments ago. But now you're not so much about the anger. You're not so much about the sadness. 
now you're about the, the self-doubt or about the regret or guilt of what you could have done because we're layers. We've tapped out that certain part, and now we've come to another part, and there's another element of this issue that's keeping you and holding you back. So that's where we go. And then now you've got another sequence. And so anyways, as you can see, it's not quite as, as you know rapid fire as that, but it is in the sense that within minutes we're creating unique, specific sequences for you, for that issue. And then whether it be a in-person session um, or a Skype session, I'm, I'm blessed to have clients all over the country, um, you know, whichever it is or via phone, um, I, I am sending you what sequences worked for you. So that um, then ties into the other difference between uh, EFT and TFT in that uh, though you can perform EFT, and, and I believe many therapists, mine did, um, will hand you, you know, or, or not hand you, they'll, they'll say, um, okay, this is what this affirmation within the emotional freedom technique, this affirmation or this, you know, um, way of tapping is what brought you a little, you know, some relief. So you, they'll tell you how you can duplicate it at home. But with thought field therapy, I'm making sure that you have your sequences, what works for you, so that you become empowered, which is why you tap on yourself, because I want you to know, and Dr. Callahan wanted you to know from the very beginning, that this is in you. Like, I'm there to facilitate it, and I'm, you know, grateful to have learned and been trained on the points and everything else, but this is something you can do within minutes. And... um so, yeah, you are given, that's the, the difference is you have a specific sequence for you, unlike an EFT, and then also this is self-treating. So down the road, you know, with certain traumas, um, with things, with actually a huge amount of traumas and phobias, a large percentage of the time we can literally eradicate, eliminate that from being a disturbance for Ever And I know that sounds like an amazing, a large statement, but I can tell you about Mary in a few minutes. And, and um, anyways, it, it is possible. It is the longest lasting with the effectiveness. Um, it is the longest lasting technique as well. So it can be eliminated permanently. However, that's going to be best with like traumas and phobias. Most oftentimes there's going to be some residual that comes back, especially with an anxiety or, um, you know, an ongoing issue or a trauma that, again, has so many complex, intricate layers upon layers that I would never, ever presume that in one or multiple sessions we would be able to get to all of that. So, again, I'm getting a little long-winded. You have that sequence that works for you. So when that comes back up, when that residual pops back up, you're able to say, oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time with thinking about leaving the house right now or, or, oh, my gosh, I have that presentation tomorrow. And, yes, Sarah and I worked on overall public speaking and certain events that have been traumatic for me, but I'm scared right now. Oh, wait, I have my sequence from when we did it. I'm going to go ahead and take the power. I'm going to treat myself, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do amazing at that presentation tomorrow because I've got this. I've got it right here. 
So those two other distinguishing differences between EFT, that you have a specific sequence and that this is self-treating. Um, and uh, I, I think that kind of covers it is, is just overall um, it, it, it needs to be, it's wonderful that there are things out there that will have a predicted uh, success rate for the majority of the people. I know that that has to apply in so many different contexts in that kind of one-size-fits-all. But I'm just a person who believes we are all individuals and it's this um, reactive, classifying, separating type of way that like people look at it where, you know, oh, we'll just do this and it'll work or no, you're unique and so are your experiences and so is how it's affecting you right now. So let's make sure and I identify with that and tap in with something that is going to be powerful for you, not just you and everybody else because you aren't everybody else, but you want to be able to contribute to the everybody else in a lot more powerful way. So those, I would say, are the biggest differences. Um, the the points, the specificity of it, and the fact that you can treat yourself um, and continue to be free and let the freedom flow. Excellent, Sarah. Thank you for that explanation. <laughs> That's great. And, um, you know, you, you are probably such a great example of the effectiveness of it. Because, you know, knowing how bubbly and, and energetic you are, I can't imagine you as being that kind of depressed person that you were describing before you found the technique. So that in itself is uh, proof positive of the effectiveness. I'm just curious from what you were saying. You're talking about identifying the organs. Um, how do you do that, Sarah? Um, well, um, first I have to feel compelled to say, just in case, I, you know, when I put this on my, my site and things like that or have access to it, the people who have known me for my life, I, I definitely don't want to paint that I myself was constantly in the, the doldrums or, or things like, you know, I was also very cyclically linked to things like alcohol and at times long ago in my life, you know, different substances and things like that. So that combined with that underlying depression that could go for weeks without happening and then all of a sudden swipe me out from under my feet. Um, I want to make sure, like, I've been very grateful to be one of those people who it's pretty much since a kid, I'm pretty damn happy. And that, but the problem is, is that that happiness was so fake because I felt like I was always being on show because I wasn't handling the other stuff. So there was one Sarah that I was showing up as, and then as the years went on, that was getting less and less and less. You know, like it was beginning to be where there was more and more and more bouts where I was not the, the Sarah and the happy and the energetic that I recognized. And so... um I don't know why. I, I luckily I know you well enough to know that you'll you'll indulge me on letting me go off on that little tangent, just because I feel it's so important to know that at least for me, um, I think there's such a huge element of handling the things. I don't want to paint that that it's only it is for the most extreme cases where you just don't want to get out. And but for me, mine was very cyclical, and I was getting sick of the. Um, the imbalance that was happening and that shift that was happening where 
the dark was becoming a lot more often than the light. And that's what I wanted to get back. So, again, thought field therapy can go for the range. <laughs> but I am mm, a very happy person. Yeah. And now I, now I experience it much more authentically, much less exhaustively. <laughs> like, like I don't yeah, have I to. What, what you were saying, Sarah, is you're almost kind of putting this facade on of, of um, kind of acting happy perhaps even when things were bothering you under the surface. Is that what you're describing? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and like I said, and then it was starting, then of course, like so many of us, were able to do that balancing act or that, and again, please know I am not in any way, I, I, I am not a, fake person but sometimes and I believe fake it till you make it has its value and its merit <laughs> in our lives like for sure however yeah when you're like faking it till you make it where it's just exhausting and you know it's not aligning it's not who you are you're not happy you're not content and there's so many of us out there that do this balancing act or this display of what we think and are told and have now truly within every fiber of our being believe we should be and if that doesn't line up with you or if you don't even know who you are let alone who you want to be and or you do and the the stuff you know you don't like very much um i guess the idea that the reason i want to convey that is because there's always multiple levels of gray and so many areas of gray in that pendulum of life. So there's so many extremes and so many of us exist right there in that middle. And it's like when, when enough is enough, when that balancing act and that faking it till you make it has become all too often and all too much of your reality and you're sick of it. You want to actually feel it. You want to truly be living your highest good and you truly want to be living your, um, what you're putting out there to others and you feel like is a lie. Because think about it, whenever we're, we're you know, I, I don't know about you, Jan, I don't know if you've had times where you experienced it, but, you know, you go out and you you have a good day, but you're not, you're not feeling great or whatever is going on in your life and you you show up and you put on that happy face, you put on that act, and then because of these other things going on, let's say you make it through the day and for all intents and purposes, it's, it's, it goes fine. You've made it through, it's smooth, whatever. But now at the end of the day, not only did you have all that stuff that you were dealing with and, and now you've compounded that with this feeling of, a, oh, God, did I say this? I don't know. You've, you've just kind of created a whole other slew of things because, you weren't really showing up, so therefore you weren't really present. You were really trapped in these other things and focusing your energy on that. So it just creates a whole systemic stuff. But um, So, yes, that is what I was saying is that, um, you know, kind of faking it till you make it and, and that this is, this is a technique and a, and a great resource that people can use um, for all of the things and in between, you know. <laughs> but going Thanks, back Sarah. to the organ. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, before you do, I just wanted to pick up on that because, you know, that's a really valid point um, because, you know, the law of attraction approach is 
very much about all be positive all the time and, you know, if you're not, I'll create the wrong thing and so on. And I think what it fails to recognize is that we all have issues that we're dealing with and we actually came into this lifetime to actually address these things. That's one of the reasons why we're here. And if we continue to suppress them, and pretend they're not there, we're not actually fulfilling the purpose of, of dealing with them and, and moving through them from that negative state into the positive. And I think the more that they're suppressed, the more that even with a smile on your face, you, you're continuing to experience kind of more and more severe effects of that issue. And mm-hmm. it gets to the point where when you're pretending all the time that everything's great and fine. A, it's it's harder and harder for you to then be your real self because you've kind of created this false persona. Um, But also, you know, you kind of trap yourself, don't you, into that situation. So I definitely get what you're saying there about, um, you know, how fake it till you make it can, can have its place. But I think when we need to recognize that there's nothing wrong with us by having issues, that everybody has them and actually working through them is the reason why we're here. And, and people like you who, who obviously help with those issues are an absolute um, gift to the world. So hmm. I'll, I'll let you carry on with your explanation about this. <laughs> carry on with your <laughs> No, no, no. And thank you. I just, oh, I just, I love you. You're just such a great, and, and that's why there was such that instant connection with, with yourself and Bill. And, and um, you're just such wonderful people in that you under, that you're putting out that mission or that, that message um, as part of your mission that, you know, we we do, we all struggle and we all have it. And you know what happens, and I just, because you brought it up, and of course you brought it up, the law of attraction, this is, this is a big thing. <laughs> but um, w- the law of attraction, and we won't get in right now to all the different, the different things, but what I find interesting, what always pops in my mind and, and what I always feel I practice and want to, I wish I could explain to everybody, um, all is energy. All is energy. So with law of attraction, that's the element of law of attraction that I personally feel has validity, like that's why it works, is because it's whatever we're attracting. This isn't just a, oh, I want a car or I want this, and you and I have had, you know, wonderful in-depth conversations about this kind of thing, but um, it's not a just I want a car or whatever, and we all know that. So but here's here's how this kind of ties in with with TFT, with us all kind of wearing a mask to some degree, but at least wanting to only wear that mask when we so choose, not wanting that mask to actually become our face, to actually become ourselves. And so, so what ties to all of it is is that all is energy. So whatever we direct our energy to, is is ultimately what we're manifesting. So that's why, yes, we definitely we want to be specific and we want to be all those things. But putting in the context of a fear or like an anxiety or a mask, okay? So if we are living um, a life in which we feel trapped 
in, in our personal realms, which of course then radiates and is how we show up in, in the world, no matter the best mask wearers, it will come out. I know I speak of it. I, I, I was one and um, will always <laughs> empathize and respect and honor those who are as well. Um, so if we're showing up every day, um, we might get really good at uh, hiding the parts of ourselves that we fear the most and that we're trying to keep the most hidden. But as that becomes our increasing goal or what we're striving for every day, the more and more we're focusing on maintaining that because that's what it becomes, right? It's kind of like a lie. It's a lie to ourselves. It's a lie to ourselves and to others in a way. And so it's like when you have told a lie or when you know someone who is has, is a regular liar or whatever, you can see it snowball, right? That's why they always say, you know, the the, the lies of deceit, the web we weave. It, it's one of those things where the lie then becomes more about the lie because then you've got to go and you've got to track it and you've got to, you've got to make sure you cover your tracks and then the one lie becomes another lie. Well, that's kind of like the lies we tell ourselves in the in the fact that we're we're what we're trying to portray that is is not truly us or is the faking it till you make it, and then we become so focused on how we want to be, we don't even remember how we got there. So we have actually attracted the exact thing we say on a cognitive level or on a conscious level that we're speaking regardless if we're realizing the emptiness of our words or our true intent, we're actually manifesting and attracting the exact thing we're trying to repel against. And so oftentimes the way that thought field therapy can help with this is if a person has out of a general somewhat rational fear or irrational, however it's deemed, if they have a fear of something, if they have a fear of, um, traffic or is agoraphobic because um, I have an am- amazing client in Minnesota that we've done tremendous work together. So an agoraphobic. They didn't start off as an agoraphobic. There was, you know, agoraphobic being, you know, fear of large open spaces. This is why a lot of people end up being, you know, basically homebound or very confined. It didn't start off that way. It was it was one event and then the reliving of that and then the going out and then the the saying that, you know, oh this is okay or not acknowledging, oh my gosh, that event rattled me. I am petrified now of X, Y, and Z, of this open space, of of leaving this area to go to this area. I am petrified. By not acknowledging that, but yet at the same time so focusing on our fear because it's natural, because we're humans, because we have an energy system that gets disrupted when we experience a cut in it, a tear in it, a block in it, whatever you want to imagine, we're humans. You're not doing anything wrong by having that feeling. But because we're told that that feeling is wrong, we focus so much on not having that feeling, we've now created that feeling times two plus one. And and then so on and so forth and so on and so forth until it becomes this tangled web, such as a lie, where now all of our energy is focused on what we don't want what we don't want to deal with. And now we've completely become focused in 
um, we've, be, we've become complete prisoners of the same exact, we have now manifested the exact thing and attracted the exact thing we wanted to run away from as quickly as possible in every fiber of our being. So that to me is how all of them can relate because all is energy. And I want people to know with thought field therapy, and then I promise I will get to the organs because it sounds all scientific and stuff. Um, That is how we can, with thought field therapy, it's the understanding that you're not doing anything wrong. It's this is all the way it's supposed to be. But when you focus the energy on the mask, on the fear, on the thing that we're trying to be against, that is what's going to continuously show up more and more and more. And with thought field therapy and with our thought patterns and with with our little bit of just a shift in consciousness and awareness of those things, we can seriously do dramatic improvements and truly live our highest good with very what seems simple remedies because we've been told it has to be complicated and a huge web of covering up and reactivity and the like. Right. Thank you, Sarah. That's (laughs) wonderful. Um, As we normally do on a a two-hour show, we're just going to take a quick break, and Bill's going to play some music for us. So you can catch your breath before we come back, and you can um, (laughs) pick up on the organ question. But, no, loving the information that you're sharing, Sarah, it's absolutely wonderful and uh, really puts into context the impact on people's lives of, you know, these issues that kind of dominate our thought processes. So... I'm going to hand back to Bill. Um, He's going to tell us how long we've got to grab a quick drink or whatever. And uh, we'll be back with Sarah uh, in probably about five minutes, I would think. So, Bill, over to you. Yeah, thank you. I'm really enjoying this, Sarah. And and, um, as Jan said, we're going to take a quick break. Um, I think that since I came through owning an equipment company and selling capital equipment and then moving into selling commercial real estate and developing commercial real estate, um, I definitely know what Sarah was talking about, about putting on that facade and that happy face every day. Um, one of the things that moving out of the three-dimensional world into the fourth dimension, as Janet and I have done, is, you know, spending the last six-plus years together, is been able to move to the point that we are just who we are and live in love, joy, peace, and abundance, as I said, virtually 24-7. And because of that... Um, we've moved past having to put on those facades. And I and I think what Sarah was saying is something that um, if you aren't having to still do that in any way, shape, or form, it'd probably be well worth having a session with Sarah because it's um, something that is so liberating when you step out of that and you just become the real you. And it also it greatly accelerates manifestation of the right things and the right outcomes you're trying to get. So on that and on the fact that Sarah and Jan had been talking about um, everything being vibrating energy, I'm going to go down through our tracks that we have on standby. And today I'm going to give you a 4-minute and 14-second break with one of the greatest composers of all time. Even the Beatles said this and that is Mr. Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, and we're going to hear good vibrations off their 50th anniversary album. This is a live version, so here's some good vibrations, and we'll see you in about 414. 
four minutes and 14 seconds. Come on, Brian and the boys.
good vibrations with the beach boys. Brian Wilson considered one of the greatest composers of this age, and uh, it is a really good thing to have those good vibrations. That's part of setting yourself free. And I, not to get off track with our wonderful show, but I just share something with you. About 50 some odd years ago, in 1963 or 64, that was the very first live concert I attended, was with the Beach Boys. And as a little music trivia, for those who don't know it, if anybody's heard of Glenn Campbell, he actually played with the Beach Boys for a short time. So all kinds of interesting things in music. But most importantly, there are good vibrations. If you pick the right music, you can accelerate your manifestations. I'll tell you that for positive sure. And now uh, we have had a really interesting and fascinating first half of the show. And Jan and Sarah are going to go back into how she reaches touching into the organs through TFT and some other goodies. So over to you, Jan. Thank you, Bill. And yes, we've had some lovely conversation already, Sarah, and uh, it's uh, really great to hear all about TFT and how wonderful it is in resolving some of these issues that we all carry around with us and, you know, many layered issues that uh, it's not something to be feel fear or shame or anything else. It's just something that we're all here to deal with. So I'm going to come back to you, Sarah, now to just explain how you actually um, identify the specific organs that relate to a, a person's uh, trauma or issues. So over to you, Sarah. Well, thank you, Jan. Um, and yes, it has been lovely. Um, so, so um, luckily, I'm not just like tapping into the organs because that would be unfortunate and awkward in a session. But it is, um, again, kind of like I was describing earlier about, um, you know, us not being able to see gravity, but we know it's there. So, again, with the idea, all is energy. We're able to tap into energy. Um, so. With that in mind, um, the organ testing is um, the main 14 organs or the 14 meridian points that correspond to the organs is what in Dr. Callahan's um, evolution and, and, you know, creation of thought field therapy, he, okay, let me do this. I'm like, hold on, I believe there might be a, a worthwhile story of how it all began because it does actually boil down to a point. So um, Dr. Callahan had been working with a client. This is 1980. He had been working with a client, Mary, um, well-known about thought field therapy is, is Mary. She is patient zero. She is um, the, the very beginning of it all. Mary had a deathly fear of water since infancy. And so um, she had been working with Dr. Callahan for just about a year, I believe just over a year. And they had oftentimes worked in his home, um, his home office, because he had a pool uh, in La Quinta, Palm Springs, California. Um, also where, around where I'm from. But anyways, he had a pool, and so they would do um, therapy there. Of course, that kind of like, you know, aversion, immersion type of thing, you're, you're seeing that which you fear most, kind of like what we were talking about before, um, but in a much, you know, more harsh approach to some degree. So they're sitting there, and Mary, they're, you know, away from the pool, and Mary is describing to him, the way she feels in her stomach, um, 
like just being close to the water, just looking at it. Mary was the type of person, let me just make sure and paint this because, yes, it's dramatic, but it's necessary because this is where it all began. Mary was a person, she lived in California, Southern California. She was a person who um, she couldn't drive on PCH because the, the seeing of the ocean, just the view of the ocean from the highway petrified her. Um, showers, rainstorms. Uh, these were all, there was no bath. There, there was no way Mary would take a bath. Um, showers were traumatic enough. Um, you know, so we're talking a, a deep-rooted, like, debilitating fear. Anyways, so she's explaining to Dr. Callahan um, how it feels in her stomach. At this point, he's just, he's not exasperated with Mary. He's, he is, from what I understand, I wasn't there, but he, from what, um, Joanne, his wife, described, he was he was very much um, just exasperated in general, almost with himself, of like, God, what am I going to be able to do to break through? And because of his knowledge about acupuncture, about the way the meridian system works, about how it corresponds to different organs, he, almost in desperation or exasperation, he says, he's, she explains that she's feeling this in her stomach, the nausea, the, the, the knots that we experience when we're in fear mode. And he knew that the stomach corresponds to the meridian point under your eye, directly above your cheekbone um, and directly under your eye. So he goes, Mary, tap on your eye. Just tap under your eye for a little bit. And she's just tapping, and, and I can't honestly say I, I believe in the book and the way he explains it. It's, you know, it was just a couple of minutes, if that. And I know how miraculous this is going to sound, but this is truly what can be harnessed with tapping into the way our own system works. Within minutes of it, Mary stood up and was like, oh, my, she goes, Dr. She goes, Dr. Callahan, oh, my God, it's gone. And he's like, What? No way. Like, you know, even he, he's like, I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit of feeling better in the stomach. I don't think he was in any way expecting what was going to come next and from it. And she goes, no, no, like, I, I swear, I, I don't know what it is. And she starts to go over to the pool. Mind you, this is something that minutes ago petrified this woman to a point of, like, wanting to just crawl into her own skin or crawl out of it and into somebody else's. So, he, she goes over to the pool. Well, he knows she can't swim. He's like, oh, my gosh, what is happening here? Like, Mary, don't. She goes, no, don't worry, Dr. Callahan. You know, I, of course, I know I can't swim. But she goes over and she bends over and she tip, dips her hands in the water. From that day on, um, you know, yes, they continue to work, and that's where the, the development of thought field therapy and what other organs, organs correspond to other points, and, and all of that began. But it all began from the, the link from the stomach to under the eye, and knowing that Mary was experiencing the disturbances we experience when around her trauma, her phobia, her focal point of distress, she was experiencing something in her stomach. He knew that that corresponded to under the eye. He had her tap there by her sending energy and tapping in that spot. It freed up what was happening in her stomach, in her meridian system, that night, Mary actually um, went to, it was raining. She, um, again, the beach, things like that, out of the question for this woman. She thought it was pretty to some degree, but couldn't even, you know, look at it. She goes to the beach that night while it's raining, 
and um, apparently goes and starts to walk. And I'm not saying she, you know, went and dove in the ocean or anything, but she walks up to she's about calf level, or I believe they might even say like up to waist level type of thing, just to prove to herself. Um, up until I believe the last interview with Mary was done in the beginning of the 2000s, um, and to that date, she still had never again suffered a fear of water the way she had in the beginning. So, wow, um, that's an amazing that is, story. Absolutely. <laughs> so it all began yeah. with Mary, and that is on my that is on my website, um, uh, yourhighestgood.com. But anyway, so the, the how can you leave out the story of Mary, right? Because, you know, and then I can lead you to now modern day. Um, I don't want to completely get off the organs, but um, – <laughs> But maybe so. I don't know. It sounds a little graphic when I say it that way. Um, so that's how the organs and the point, it, it, that's how it all originated. And that is truly. Now, of course, is there is that always going to be so dramatic? No. But the idea that it can be and that there have been other Marys, um, mine, you know, I'm not as, as uh, I have a client, um, Amy, uh, she's in Minnesota. She she's an agoraphobic, um, and hadn't left her house in nine years. Um, she could leave her house, but only within a one to one and a half block radius, which was based off of different like monument, different things that were in her neighborhood. She lives in uh, like I said, Minnesota, and um, she within days. Uh, you can read her testimonial on my site. Within days, we had her outside of her house. Um, within a couple of months, we had that combined with over 40 years of claustrophobia um, that had plagued her since she was, I think, three or four years old. Um, and a very traumatic event um, at that age, had, she was turning 43 and at that time um, had suffered 40 years. Things like not being able to take a bath because it was too confining, not being able to walk into her walk-in closet um, for more than a couple of seconds. Um, so all of these little things that so many of us don't think of, she and I together, again, with me, just I'm so grateful to have even been able to meet her and her be able to give me the opportunity to facilitate it. But within days, we had someone who couldn't leave their house for over nine years out doing normal things. So it can be that huge, that powerful. And um, right now there's a documentary from Trauma to Peace screened and debuted at, I believe it's up to four different film festivals in the, um, across the country, primarily California. There was one in Vail. Um, oh, and I was so, so honored to actually train at the advanced level um, with a, a couple of the creators um, of, of this movie, Suzanne Connolly and, and um, Celestine in Rwanda. Anyways, again, speaking on the massive levels, um, I never want to only speak of those because then people go, well, wait a minute, but, you know, this is the smaller thing. Now, that's so grandiose. But I can't, of course, not share how awesomely powerful it can be. But I want to make sure and disclaimer that it can go on the lower levels. But from trauma to peace, it speaks of villages in Rwanda um, obviously, Rwandans facing the most horrible atrocities of genocide and um, just years of devastation. 
And it's primarily told in the perspective of the actual um, village, you know, the, the people in the village, the people who have had their lives transformed by thought field therapy that are now becoming practitioners of it, um, sharing it with others in their community, sharing it within within neighboring communities and, and spreading the word. And it, and it tells of their, you know, uh, just atrocious, awful, horrible, um, things that they've, I know that that was a lot of redundancy there, but it's its necessary. You know, these, these awful things that have happened to them and how thought-filled therapy within minutes have brought them so much relief and so much freedom. Um, again, a huge story within that. Uh, a woman who, um, she, her neighbor from the warring fraction had uh, essentially slaughtered, murdered her entire family. And um, it's her neighbor. And she was paralyzed by fear for not wanting to understandably see him or engage in anything like that. And um, he now walks her home from the bus stop almost every day. And again, I realized how, oh, my God, how can that be possible? But that, that's what we're talking about. That's, that's, that's the rising that vibration. That's the awareness I want to spread that you and that Bill want to spread that, you know what, it's the little things that are ginormous. And that is, TFT can be a part of that because that is the level of transformation that can occur. Um, so <laughs> all of that relating to the eye point. <laughs> and and, um, and on, a, on a more logistical level, that is kind of how it goes. Um, if someone is describing to me um, what it is, uh, the idea in general for thought field therapy is you're going to touch the different organs. So just for, you know, a couple other, you're going to, you're going to touch the bladder spot. You know that the bladder, um, you know, corresponds then to the eyebrow. The eyebrow, um, the inside eyebrow spot then corresponds to trauma. Um, so it, it's a combination of the organs where energy is being blocked. It's testing those organs using muscle testing. Again, some people know it as applied kinesiology. We have lots of different ways to do muscle testing. We are all capable of it, um, but you don't have to know it to do thought field therapy. I um, or the other practitioners would be doing that um, for you. So I'm, you know, using muscle testing. I'm, I'm. You're explaining to me. I know that you're having a trauma. I know that you're having. Um, guilt about that. I know that you have anger surrounding that. So as you're expressing it to me, I'm knowing where to touch on that point and test. Okay, this person has experienced a really bad trauma. They've got some guilt and they've got some anger. So I'm going to test, um, you know, the bladder spot, and then I'm going to test, um, you know, the the large intestine spot that corresponds to guilt, and so on and so forth. And then for those who don't feel comfortable um, or don't choose, because it's not about comfortable, it's, this is their choice, this is them choosing to show up and, and, you know, free themselves of these things. So if they opt not to share much, then it's a matter that becomes, um, it's just as, as easily remedied, but it's, it's a matter of maybe I'm not automatically knowing, oh, this person is expressing a trauma that's linked to guilt, that's linked to fear and anger. Okay, so I don't have that automatic, wonderful GPS that says, this is how this person is feeling. I'm going to go ahead and touch the organ that I know corresponds to it, 
but it still can be that effective and that quick because I like to also pride myself in, in being pretty, you know, pretty intuitive and, and really wanting to be there to, to facilitate this. So by dropping in, I'm getting a sense of, okay, I may not know this person is saying that they're angry, but I'm feeling that they are, so I'm going to test the spots that I know link to the organs that link to that emotion, and I'm going to put that into their sequence, and that's what I'm going to have them tap. So that's kind of how the organs link both on that, you know, here's how it plays out in a session. Um, again, not thinking it's weird when you see me, you know, touch touch different areas of my body and then throw my arm. That's all part of it. That's part of the fun. That's part of the magic. And um, that's what's happening. And um, as you know, it, those who have gotten more accustomed um, and, and loving what thought-filled therapy can bring to their lives and just to their overall highest good. Um, you know, oftentimes if they're not already aware of different forms of muscle testing, they themselves can pick that up and, and you can be on your way with, you know, testing yourself. And there's so many different things you can use muscle testing for. So that's how it links on a logistics level, your organs that correspond, and that's how your sequence is diagnosed just for you. Um, and that sequence is going to look different for a different issue because you're going to hold the energy block in a different organ or in a different place or in a different sequence of places than you are, you know, for one thing than you are for another. And then on the bigger level, there's been amazing transformation that all came down to knowing from Dr. Roger Callahan in 1980 that the stomach corresponds to under the eye and being able to get Mary to touch water. Wonderful. And um, <laughs> just before I ask you your next question, Sarah, um, you did uh, in passing mention the website um, uh, where people can go and look at the testimonials and so on. Do you just want to share that with us again and, and ways to get in touch with you uh, for people who might be interested in, in exploring thought field therapy with you um, and actually potentially have a session with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. It's um your highest good dot com. So again that's your highest good dot com. And I am um trained in the voice technology and things like that. So I am uh, very, very honored to have clients, like I said, who do Skype, who do phone. Um distance is not a limitation. Um, and of course, if you are local, I, I live in, in, um, out the suburbs of, of Colorado, Highlands Ranch, Colorado, outside of, uh, Denver, but also, um, practice at Into the Mystic Healing and Arts in Golden. So there's, um, there's ways where if it's local, of course, I always welcome the opportunity to do it in person. But yeah, um, lots of information on there also links to, um, the Callahan website, and I always, you know, want to express that just my deepest gratitude towards, again, the healing I found with thought field therapy and, and just really what talented and, and very gifted practitioners are facilitating all around the world because of this wonderful tool. So it's not just me. I just I, I'm grateful to be able to kind of do it. And we all do it in our own way. And, uh, of course, I've got my own style. And, and I so far it's working. <laughs> so, uh so, yeah, I would love the opportunity to, to work with anybody who feels that they're called and that that will be for their highest good. 
Thank you, Farah. So the question I have for you now is you've been talking about um, dealing with specific traumas. Um, can you come at it from a different direction in terms of somebody might not be aware of the particular circumstance that caused an issue for them, but they're experiencing, you know, things in the life that, that repeatedly keep them stuck in a specific place. And it might be, you know, a bad relationship or a repeating history of, you know, similar dysfunctional relationships, you know, ending up with the same kind of partner all the time. Um, it could be related to um, financial issues. Can you um, deal with it from that direction in, if the person isn't aware of one specific trauma that might have been at the, at the root of, of this problem? Oh, absolutely. And and oftentimes that's more how it happens. So thank you so, so much for um, for framing it that way and making sure that, yeah, that definitely needs some, some distinguishing there. Um, yes, we are, um, we've got a bunch of different layers around kind of everything, right? And so if I hear you correctly, uh, and I want to make sure I'm addressing it, so you're asking that if, you know, when somebody comes and maybe there's not a trauma, but they just find themselves, you know, gosh, I'm in this job and I hate my job. And because I hate my job, maybe I've either found myself in this position before or because I hate this, then all of this happens. Is that is that kind of where you're, you're going with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And kind of repeated circumstances. Because I know, you know, you can be in a situation where somebody, say, continues to have uh, patterns of relationships with um say a very dominant partner all the time or that no matter what they do in terms of profession or business they can't seem to break through it from scarcity into abundance in that area so that's the kind of thing yeah absolutely um yeah no great so what that's actually what usually happens with people and then what's funny is is after doing some work, um, you know, after maybe a couple of sessions, they, they're like, well, wait a minute, is this supposed to be happening? Like I'm just finding this kind of falling away and these transitions are happening and kind of checking in to make sure, is this normal? And I'm like, yes, it is. Um, so, in, so in direct response to the question. Um, okay, so for and oftentimes in, in things like the, the negative self-thought patterns, you know, or the um, – just the patterns in general that maybe we haven't even been able to define, but like you're saying, we just find ourselves, even if it's in different contexts, again and again in the same type of situation. And so, and this is where I believe just having that objective third party, but also I believe I am able to provide a certain special something because of, of the way um, I believe I'm able to facilitate this. And, and by what I mean this is this. Um, oftentimes somebody in that kind of circumstance will come to me and maybe they're not seeing the pattern yet. Okay, so we're going to look at this from two different sides. So maybe they're not seeing the pattern yet. So they come to me and um, we're never trying to attack the trauma that caused them to not feel worthy 
of being in a relationship where they're respected, you know, they're not going that route. They're not like, oh, my, you know, I had father issues and he never loved me this way. And so therefore I get these kind of men and then therefore this happened. Instead, we're going backwards. So they're coming and they're usually in the state of, oh my gosh, I am in a relationship that I can't stand. Or I am in a job that just I, I am miserable and I feel like my soul is being sucked every day. Maybe I'm doing a little projection there because that's how I felt in corporate. Okay. So they are getting – so anyways, so they come and it's that. And, okay, so I'm trying to make sure I can paint this picture the best. So when, when you come and we're doing a session um, – you may have an idea of what it is that you want to work on and you may not. So in this context, we're talking that maybe somebody's not looking at it from a grand macro perspective of I've got this deep-rooted self-concept, self-belief, um, negative, um, you know, self-association, whatever it is, self-loathing. They're not going to see that or a trauma that may be behind it. Instead, they're more coming to me in the sense of, okay, I'm really, really upset with this um, particular person at work or this relationship or this job. Okay, so we're going to ask them to focus in on that incident, okay, on that event, on that more microcosm of what's going on because that's what they came for. That's what's causing them disruption right now. Um, they may not even know at that point that, or have put together yet all of the linking patterns. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus in on that. But when I always ask people to focus in, okay, so when we go in on this session, I'm asking you to think about the events. And again, whether you've shared it with me or not, you you are kind of honing in on one particular thing. Um, and I ask you to remain focused on that throughout. Um, and sometimes people feel like, well, wait, am I staying focused enough on this? Because when I think about the job, now I'm also thinking about how that plays in. And then, as you're saying or alluding to, how that ties to, oh, my gosh, that's also how my relationships are, and that's how my this. So then in the middle of the session, they're focusing on one thing to start with that's bothering them, that's blocking them. And within minutes, they now have this entire umbrella of a thought field around this one thing, but it really has all these other layers and effects and connections, okay? So what's happening is they are going backwards at addressing those issues. So what, where they started off, again, maybe just with some anger on this such and such situation, we're tapping it out and we're working with a sequence that at that moment, that's where that disruption is. And then all of a sudden we've gotten it through and they've started off at a distress level because I asked you to rate it on a scale of zero to 10. They asked, you know, they've started off with a distress level of 10 plus kind of whether they've articulated it or not regarding their anger on this particular situation. Now, halfway through, we've got them down to a five, but now all of a sudden they're realizing that they're angry at that person at work who reminds them of their husband at home 
and this pattern that has actually been happening since childhood. Do you see where I'm going? Like, it, does, I mean, I, don't, I know that might sound almost like a little overwhelming, but it's, it's going backwards. What happens is if they're not looking to work on just a, a severe trauma or something like that, we can work on it from a, a various different angles. We can work at it from a why am I, this situation is bothering me right now. Oh, my gosh, as we tap this, I am tapping away the blocks that have kind of kept me from seeing that I also feel this about it. Oh, okay, now we're going to tap this away. Oh, this links here. I see that this ties into a pattern over here. Well, I'm also upset about that. We tap that away. So then it kind of comes from that direction of, of unlayering and, and unblocking at every turn and connection to what seems just a surface context issue or an everyday aggravator disturbance. Or we have someone come in and maybe it's not a trauma, but you have someone who says, um, I'm realizing that I always end up in XYZ types of relationships. This is a pattern that I've always had. I want to break this pattern. Those are going to be more of the people in the context. The, the clients are going to be more apt to talk about things. So it's going to be within that talking about, since we're not dealing with a specific trauma, it's going to be in that evolution of thoughts and just kind of that free flow that we have where, you know, maybe they do know that it's a larger, more far-reaching self-concept or negative self, you know, think or self-talk. So they see that, oh, God, it's because I don't feel this that it links to all of these different kind of relationships. And so then, even though we know that there's this one underlying issue and I might be able to identify, well, gosh, within that you've got, you know, um, self-doubt, you've got guilt, you've got shame. So I'm applying those organs, those points in the sequences because I can see that they all tie to that. However, by starting off with that concept, now it's taken this person into five different examples where that's manifested in their life. So we may actually, rather than just working on the larger concept as a whole, we might go down to, okay, we realize it's because you maybe feel this way, or to some degree we see that this is because of this self-concept. But instead, let's go ahead and deal individually each way that it's manifested, that you're identifying it coming out and negatively affecting you. So rather than doing one big umbrella, in that type of instance, we're going to say, okay, this is how you feel. Let's work through that time where because of that, you ended up in this relationship, which then caused a trauma, and then we're going to work through that as its own thought field. Does that make sense, Jan? Does, I, I know that was a whole lot, but does that kind of, can you see that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, you okay. know, it's peeling off the layers of the onions because very often it's the things that um, kind of haunt us are very often a number of um, incidents that add up to this pattern, aren't they? That You know, they can be smaller incidents that repeat the same um, issue that kind of 
create this belief about ourselves that then drivers or controllers in lots of different aspects of life. I think Bill wants to add something here as well, so I'll just bring Bill in for a second. Yeah, I just uh, I was just listening to what you were saying, uh, Sarah, and thinking about something, and it brought a thought back, and it it sort of underscores for the listeners that things do come back to us, and you don't you don't necessarily even have to uh, say, hmm, where is that trauma in my life or something. Sometimes it's just remembering something that happened that actually you can look back on and laugh, you know, and it, it's something good, and it doesn't require you know treatment for anything, but it, it does underscore the fact that things are back there in our lives and they do come back and the reason i say that is i'll share something uh real quickly not to get too far off track but i had the wonderful experience of proving manifestation when i got really fed up with the dark side of the world and i said if this is what the world's coming to i don't want to live anymore and within six months i was in the hospital with acute pancreatitis and a 50 50 chance Mm -hmm. of living according to what they were telling me well about six days after entering the hospital, I was off the morphine and actually felt like I might possibly make it. It was a pretty rough ride at first, but um, I was coming back around, and, and in that 15 days, somewhere along the way, maybe day seven, eight, let's say, a really uh, lovely nurse that was just real kind and, and, you know, good nurse came over and sat down beside me and said, Bill, I'd like to chat with you a minute. And I and I thought was feeling better. And I said, sure, you know. I said, what's on your mind? And she said, and I bring this up because you mentioned counting down the items of uh, on the scale of 1 to 10 and also birth, uh, birthing, uh, being in somebody's past, having a child or whatnot and the related things. And it made me think about this, that she sat down beside me and said, Bill, I'm looking at your charts, and we've been studying what's going on with you. And you said that the pain when you came in felt just like a bear was grabbing you from behind and just ripping your chest open. And I said, yes, indeed. And she said, do you you really think it was that severe? And I said, yes, absolutely. It was just what it felt like I was being torn apart. And she said, well, if that was the case, why does your chart say that every time the doctor or nurses ask you to rate the pain out of one, you know, zero to ten, ten being the most, that you always said it was about an eight? And I said, oh, I laughed, and I said, I just always grew up thinking, you know, no matter what happens, it could always be worse. So she had a good laugh about that, and she just, just smiled and looked at me and said, um, Bill, she said, I want to tell you something. I've had acute pancreatitis just like you have, and I've also had two babies. And she said, I want you to go back out in the world and know you are one of the few men that knows the pain involved in having a baby. And she said, and by the way, you think things can be worse. She said, but I can assure you, you were experiencing 10 out of 10. You had the full Monty, as they call it in England. <laughs> so that did, when you said that, that brought a little laugh and chuckle to me, so being one of the few men that knows what childbirth feels like. Apparently. <laughs> You're like, I got Back the t-shirt and, and I'm set to go. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, it's it's absolutely, it's how we perceive it and, and um yeah, no. I'm sorry that you had to experience that. That's awful. 
<laughs> well, it's a good example of manifestation, I think, again, of, you know, you get what you focus on. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you won't well, get into that situation again. <laughs> exactly. Well, and and as, well, and, and luckily he's in a very different place. And, yeah, he, you know, when you are in the dark side, like you're saying, in Bill, it's like, you know, um, you weren't asking for pancreatitis. I guarantee if I go look, you know, up right now in something like Louise Hay, that, which I do want to mention that there's that aspect where, you know, we're not asking, you know, clients, everybody to come in and, and they have everything. I, I will do some extra stuff. That is why, you know, I'm the facilitator or any of us who work our craft. We we try to put our little touches on it or other people that we find, you know, to be very um, you know, just, you know, bright lights in our trades. And so for things like Louise Hay, I use her very often when I'm working with a patient, maybe not in that session at that moment, um, but oftentimes, which with some people I do, but oftentimes with looking up, okay, this person has had, oh, my gosh, like so many just, physical ailment, physical manifestation, physical whatever time, and and what are these all linked to? What's really happening? Because, you know, Bill, I'm sure at that time for you, in that moment, it would have been very hard for you to grasp that, of course, you weren't choosing and, like, consciously, cognitively saying, well, gosh darn it, I want some pancreatitis and I want to know what it feels like to be a man having childbirth or the equivalent thereof. Of course that wasn't your aim, but it was in the sense of you wanted to escape the dark that you were you were done with it, you know, and, and you in a way, um, and again, if I were to look up what that pancreatitis, and I can't believe I don't have her right next to me, but anyways, um, that would be something where, you you very well might resonate and identify with what she says is the emotional component, the the emotional spiritual component behind wanting to escape and being done and being consumed with that dark side and how it manifested physically in your body. And um, I'm sure at that time it would have been very difficult for you to swallow that you in any way had put yourself that there. But you now can look back with that kind sight and with that hindsight and with that clarity of knowing, of course, you didn't want the pain and the T-shirt of having, you know, almost like childbirth or the, the doctor's bills, I'm sure. But in a way you did get what you wanted because I'm sure it gave you in some sense a reprieve from that which you were most trying to escape. <laughs> and though it didn't look like what you wanted, you had manifested it. And if I were to read, you know, Louise Hay is, oh, God, I, I, I think we had spoken about when we sat down for coffee a couple times, Louise Hay. Um, but anyways, you know, she talks about how, you know, really things like, you know, not being able, you know, vision problems are really not wanting to see clearly, you know, all of these kind of things and where, they're rooted in us and how we do we manifest them and we don't we don't realize how it's coming out and what we're ultimately manifesting and what we're trying to achieve even though if you said that to us because let me tell you it is not a comfortable smooth conversation as I'm sure you can guess to speak with someone who may or may not be there completely willingly meaning with me in a thought field therapy session talking about, you know, 
actually one of my clients um, in Minnesota or in Florida, you know, has had thing after thing after thing after thing happen with her. And it took me quite some time to find the right way to articulate. And, of course, Bill, I'm not saying that you were doing this. Yours was a one and done. You're like, okay, pancreatitis, childbirth is good. Now I'm done. Um, I'm going to go start manifesting awesome stuff. However, there are people who don't get it because they don't see what's happening and they don't have the opportunity to view their past thus far with the kind sight to see what was happening. And so, yeah. you know, there comes a very awkward time where you have to say to someone, hey, by the way, Let's look at maybe how you're creating these things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, of course, in that situation, there was a real irony to that one, too, because the six months or so I was walking to the train to go to meetings in London and whatnot and kept repeating that, man, you know, if this is what the world's coming to, I don't want to be a part of it. Actually, the irony of it was I had just walked out of a consulting project, tore up the contract, threw it on the desk and said, I don't want to part any part of your company or what you're about. And when we're talking about alternative healing here, the irony was what brought that on was working for one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies on a consulting project in uh, Europe, and their attitude toward death was it's just collateral damage. You know, it just happens. People die. It's part of making money. And I, that's where it really threw me off, and, and I walked out on them. But um, the, to them, it didn't matter who died. It was just about pumping those pharmaceuticals out. And that's probably one of the underlying reasons why I am so much into alternative healing and so much into the fact that Jan and I, uh, in the five or six years, have had no medical attention, no pharmaceuticals, and have had no health issues whatsoever and never will because we stay completely away from that other type of thought and stay more on things like you're talking about, thought field therapy or whatever. If there's some little hiccup or feel a um, sore throat coming on or whatever, we just have a nice hot cup of tea and some honey, go to bed, set the intention, we're going to get up the next morning, and that's it. It's gone. There's nothing. You know, so. But that was the real irony of that one was it was the fact that the pharmaceutical industry, big pharma, was killing people and thought, well, that's okay, you know, we're we're making money, that's all right. They threw me off. <laughs> so, Bill, Bill, I have to now share with you, and again, this is from Louise Hayes' book, um, and she has many, so anyone can look it up. Uh, you can heal your life, um, and many others. I have to now read to you what pancreatitis and pancreas represents, if I, so, if I may so. Um, oh, sure. the, pancreas, yeah, love to hear it. The, the pancreas represents the sweetness of life, and pancreatitis is rejection, anger and frustration because life seems to have lost its sweetness. So if that doesn't line with dealing with big pharma and the unfortunate dissatisfaction and complete repelling of the way so many of us are moving towards and you wanting it to be, now ultimately what you experience in the joy and sweetness every day in the life that you and Jan choose to create and share with others, at that moment you knew you were angry and you needed to reject that which was not sweet and was not aligning with the way your energy has to move and show up in this universe. So that is the exact kind of thing. What a 
perfect example. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, sorry, sir. I sorry, I was <laughs> muted. Uh, one of those senior moments, I guess. I forgot to unmute. I was just saying, wow, that really hit the mark, and um, I, I just, I'm amazed. And I was saying that I want to switch back over to you and Jan uh, before we run out of time because y'all got such a good conversation going. But I guess that little story that just popped back into my mind that I was sharing really underscored a good point with what you read. And as I said, I got chills up my spine when you were reading that, which usually means no. a pretty good indication that it's spot on the mark. <laughs> right? You're oh, So you guys are like me. I have my, seriously, I have my chills radar. Like everyone, I think, is starting to look at me a little funny because I'll be like, oh, my God, yeah, you're right. I, I have chills. Like I absolutely, no, that's completely on point. <laughs> so, so, no, I'm glad, and thank you for sharing that that aspect because it was absolutely fantastically perfect yeah and um i actually dug out our copy of uh, heal your body actually and it was, it was just i'm glad you found your copy because i was good if not i was going to share that with you it just seemed absolutely spot on but uh, i guess <laughs> it's important to bring this up sarah because you know one of the things that um I've come to learn, and uh, not only through Louise Hay and her linking physical issues with emotional issues, but also um, Dolores Cannon, who is the hypnotherapist mm. who mm. developed this amazing past life regression technique. She also, who sadly passed last year actually, but she was also saying that, um, you know, illness is a reflection of an emotional issue. And if you don't address the underlying emotion, whatever treatment you have that might seem to be successful is not necessarily going to prevent a recurrence because you need to deal with the underlying emotion. And that, that you know, seems to me to be the power of TFT in terms of physical issues in clearing that um, underlying emotion. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that um, whether you don't know it's there, you kind of know it's there, or you're completely aware it's there and there is nothing in you that wants to deal with it or face it, it's going to show up. It's going to show up, and I don't mean that from a fear base. It's just reality. It's, it's, it's going to show up. It's going to manifest, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, it's going to show up. And so, yes, the idea is that by working through the layers, whichever way you want to start from, you know, some people may call it going backwards um, to, to come down to what the root cause was. Some people may say, you know, the inverse of that, where you come from the, the everyday stuff that's affecting you, <clears throat> pardon me, and you're able to link it back to where that point of origin is, whichever way your path is, thought field therapy is an amazing technique that can get in there and figure out, that can get in there together and we can identify what's causing the block and however it's showing up, let's find out how we can get, get rid of it or reduce it so the energy can flow in. And if you find the next block that is actually creating that block, 
then let's go ahead and break that down, and then let's break that down. And I want if it's a, I wanted to make a point here, um, and I believe I, I I know I say it on my website, and and I oftentimes when I'm speaking about it, which as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it. It's it's not about a business I do. It's about this amazing gift that was presented to me that I have been able to find so much solace and healing and love and joy in and freedom, and that I want to share. But there's oftentimes a misconception where when I say things like when, you know, in one session we should be able to within minutes start addressing huge impacting issues that have possibly been present forever, you know, for for as long as you can remember or something that has just happened, maybe a, a passing of a loved one or something like that. Yes, we can handle aspects. If I am facilitating, if I am doing what I consider my job, my mission, well, we should not be going back to any specific, like, one main issue multiple times outside of a single session. Um, so, so, like, for things like my mom, when my, I was going to get my own healing, I have never been, I've never had to revisit April 4th when I was nine years old and hearing about her death and those things that were in immediate, you know, proximity emotionally and, and physically with me at that time, I've never ever gotten to the level of disturbance and trauma and emotional pain that I did after we worked or before we worked on that particular thing. I've never had to rework on that exact thing, but on all the different things that come from it, on all these different layers that we've discussed in so many wonderful ways in different contexts, in all of these layers, that is how when I refer to seeing people for long periods of time or, oh, in this session we'll work on this and in this session we'll work on this, it's not in any way to diminish or devalue the massive change that can happen within minutes and within one session. But again, with this idea of us all being such layers rather than onions, let's just be like Shrek, call it a parfait, you know, we're just, we're all these different layers. And so um, it's not presumptuous to say that we could tackle something that you have been fighting and challenged by for decades and had tried seeking help through traditional methods. Yes, we absolutely can create and, and produce things like Marys who have amazing transitions. And my client, um, Amy, who, you know, after nine years, within days was able to leave her house. Yes, we can do all those things, but everything is systemic, everything layers. And so while we're able to achieve that kind of success very rapidly, there is so many other things that come from that, and that is why we're talking about what can be an ongoing process if you choose. And so I just want to make that distinction that um, if I have an opportunity to work for, with somebody for, you know, years, I am not doing my, my personal mission and quest if we are at any time working on the same thing over and over and over and over. Um, but... I am doing my job and I'm doing what I intend if we are working on various different things that are just showing up and manifesting differently, but we've been able to see a steady, constant evolution of progress because I will not continue on with this 
this tool that can be so immediately powerful if I'm not seeing that that's really happening, which I've been blessed to not have experienced yet. <laughs> that's wonderful, Sarah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, we are coming to the end of the show. So if you could just um, quickly share your uh, website. <laughs> love to carry on this conversation forever but of course we do run out of time in a few minutes I'm sorry that I I speak so long so um, just quickly share um, website or yeah sure please so um, so yeah again you can visit yourhighestgood.com um, and it's got information on how to contact me, how we could set up a session if you just want to learn more. Um, also have some some powerful testimonials on there. And again, I just you know um, it's like meeting people like you and Bill. And I am so and I'm so excited. I hope I get a chance to see you very soon um, again here in Denver. But I'm just um, you know it's the idea that there are very simple powerful, transformational things available to us, whether it be thought field therapy, whether it be understanding our power in things like law of attraction and all is energy and looking at mistakes or manifestations or perceived failures, not as those, looking at them as lessons, looking at them, facing it rather than being an amazing person at stuffing it because we're all exceptional at that and there's nothing wrong with that. But turning that um, that exceptionality into things like, you know, this doesn't have to be an adversity that takes me down. This block does not need to happen. Absolutely. And that's a great message to end on, Sarah. Thank you so much for being with us today. And we're looking forward to seeing you again. I'm sure we'll be back in Denver fairly soon. And um, wish you all the best and lots of luck. And I, I will be in touch shortly because we were talking about actually taking up the opportunity of having a session with you. And I, after hearing even more about what you do, I'm sure I will um, be in touch and just to sample the magic of TFT. So thank you again for being with us. And and before I hand back to Bill, um just like to repeat that our website um, at A Smiling World is asmilingworld.org. And I'm actually releasing a limited number of free discovery sessions for people who want to achieve some change in their life and perhaps are struggling or stuck with um, what, where to go from where they are now and how to achieve that. So you can go to the website and uh, there is a link under the empowerment training tab on the menu to uh, sign up or apply for a free discovery session so love to hear from you if that's something that you feel would benefit you and you can also find us on facebook at festival of enlightenment and the a smiling world page which is facebook.com forward slash powerful people so thanks for listening and i'm gonna say bye bye for now and hand you back over to bill just to wind things up so bye for now Okay, thank you, thank Jan. You so and um, I'm just really excited that we were able to have Sarah on the show, and we're definitely going to have to do it again because there's so much good information, as Jan was saying. And um, who knows, we, we might be able to uh, have a show over on Wolf Spirit, our new platform that we've been asked to join as well as Blog Talk. So um, 
until we get over onto the Wolf Spirit Show and get Sarah back on, I'm going to leave you today with the fact that, as Sarah said, we're about to leave Portland in a few days and head down Denver Way. So we're going to go back to the traditional uh, closing song that we use when we're about to make a move, and that is the legendary Willie Nelson's On the Road Again. Bye-bye. road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again Making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again